alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Hello and welcome to the 50th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Uh, You know, the weekly weather report uh, is supposed to be a blazing 65 degrees this weekend. Can you believe it? No, I can't. It's going to be great. <laughs> I, I, You know what? It's funny because today was like 50, you know, um, and people are already like, oh, it's going to, there's supposed to be uh, snow tomorrow. I was like, please, God, no. I don't. Just get rid of it. I'm done with it. Don't even jinx us with that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> there's one guy at work, you know, like, uh, I, they're like, oh, it's supposed to get warm or whatever. And I was like, you know what? His boy Obama's not going to turn off his weather machine anytime soon. So we're going to be dealing with a lot of snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a great, like, weird inside joke that we always have there. But, uh, cause do you remember when I think it, one of the, some of the states were getting hit but with like really bad tornadoes and everybody was saying it was Obama's fault? Obama. Using DARPA for his uh, his evils, yeah. Is that what the weather uh, control machines called? I thought it was HARP, or is HARP something different? Oh, DARPA is the one who made HARP. Ah, okay. So, okay, but it, yeah. but is HARP the machine, or HARP's the machine though, right? Yeah, HARP is the gigantic like field of radar stations that they have out there, out in the wilderness. Here's what I always wonder: Why? What benefit is it to the U.S. government to purposely have tornadoes destroy small towns uh, in, like, Missouri or Oklahoma? I don't know. I mean, you do remember that one town, I think it was in Kansas, that was completely leveled, and they actually turned themselves into a green town. So maybe that was his little evil plan. Ah, interesting. You know, actually, now that I think about it, what they'd always tell me is that they're they purposely are uh, having these catastrophic weather events so then they can send in martial law and round up people and put them in FEMA camps. Oh, that's true, too. They got to <laughs> use those tents they paid for. <laughs> I'm just like, I, you know what? I don't think any of that is <laughs> going to happen at all. Maybe, but I, I don't think so. You know, uh, one really crazy guy... So uh, where our old work was, there was train tracks there, right? And he mm-hmm. claimed that Obama was going to start abducting people and putting them on those trains and then shipping them uh, to FEMA camps. That was uh, That's what he told me. That's really creative. Like, he just sees train tracks and automatically, like, comes up with something. <laughs> that's great. He also said there's uh, they built little... Uh, those mounds where you put a tank on it and then it can just peer over a, a concrete wall so it can shoot, whatever that's called. He had a name for it, but uh, he claims they were putting them there too. 
<laughs> it was probably one of those little ramps at a car dealership he saw. I don't oh, know. Oh, I know what that's for. I, I, he was, I, I kind of wonder if he's even still alive or not, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's, uh, let's move into Madame Bennett's World of the Unusual. Now, this particular issue is from February 10th, 1981, uh, and she has a juicy little story here called Devil Worshippers Blame for Livestock Mutilations. Now, this is interesting because it seems to be either aliens or uh, satanic cults. Um, nice. I guess they can't make up their mind. Cops are baffled by a satanic cult believed responsible for grave robbing and cattle mutilations. Their investigations centered near St. Joseph, uh, Missouri, where there have been a recent outbreak of cattle mutilations. Recently, cops received reports that the group of people dressed in dirty white robes were conducting a ceremony in a cave north of St. Joseph. Goddamn Catholic priests. <laughs> That's what it is. You know how many Catholic churches there is called St. Joseph, Phil? It's yeah, there was one ours. in our hometown. Yeah, I, that's the only one still there now. Yeah. Uh, deputy sheriffs went to the cave and found the walls covered with mysterious markings. One drawing in black on the cave wall included the wor word Sabbath. In a nearby cemetery, the cops found a grave opened and empty. The cattle mutilations involved uh, ears being cut from the cattle at the feedlot near the city, the deputies said. So, really, they don't have any proof that this is a satanic cult. Uh, and they apparently just found a cave wall that had the word Sabbath on it, which is apparently instantly means it's a devil-worshipping cult. Yeah, I don't know. If it was the 50s, they might have blamed this on the commies. <laughs> It's the Red Scare. They're coming for us. So I actually know a kid who's really big in urban exploring, right? Mm -hmm. And all these shit buildings and tunnels and caves that he goes into, like there's just stupid graffiti everywhere. So them finding graffiti in a wall of a cave is nothing special. Yeah, that shit could come from anywhere. I mean, could have been written on there five years from, you know, before. Yeah, it's, pro it's probably just like some edgy kids who thought it was cool to write that on a cave wall. It's not, doesn't mean it's a devil cult. Or some kids a long time ago who just really loved Black Sabbath. <laughs> put it up on the wall. Hey, this would have been the perfect time for that one of it in the 80s. Oh, yeah, true. All right, our, uh, our second story here is Live-In Burglar Baffles Family. A ghost-like intruder lived unseen in a home with a family and has stolen thousands of dollars worth of cash and jewels. Tim and Mary Banter, or Banner, at first thought the noises in the old Dallas home were made by squirrels or mice, but their kids believed the place was haunted. After money and jewelry started vanishing, a burglar alarm company investigated and found a secret makeshift room in the attic. Inside was a trapdoor leading into a bedroom closet. After boarding up the room and trapdoor, however, the thefts have unex uh, unexpectedly continued. So, maybe it is a ghost. What do you think? Uh, did it say where this was? this house was located? Uh, just said Dallas, so an old house in Dallas, I guess. Dallas. I wonder if that could be like an underground railroad. Uh, in Dallas? I I don't know. There was, they had, I think they had slaves in <laughs> eastern Texas. 
Well, I know they had slaves, but they certainly probably weren't letting them go, were they? <laughs> well, the, the, the slaveholders weren't letting them go. No, it was abolitionists. <laughs> no, I know. Them. I know. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, some of these like really old houses and stuff just had weird trap doors and whatnot. Yeah. Like the really old ones, especially the ones where they didn't really have hallways. They always had like these weird secret doors to hide the doors because it wasn't fashionable to have a door to a room. So it would always be like some weird, like almost kind of blended into the wall where you had to like push it in. You had to basically know where the door was. So mm. a lot of those old houses had that shit. I mean, that it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get on to Madam Bennett's prediction for the week. Now, uh, okay, so what did we always estimate? She's about 40 years behind us. So let's see what she said for this week. Uh, talent scouts will find a curly-haired, lonely puppy abandoned on Beverly Hills' posh Rodeo Drive and make him a star who rivals Morris the Cat. Uh, I don't know when Beethoven came out, but I don't think he was a curly-haired, lonely puppy. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not too sure about that one. I'm trying to think when the Kardashians became famous. <laughs> uh, I was thinking my, uh... The the fucking movie you should never watch Milo and Otis, but that's a that's a pug. That's not really a curly haired dog. Could be Airbud. That could be Airbud. They forced him into uh, sports. His yeah. hips aren't made for basketball, but somehow he plays basketball. Yeah, yeah, he played a lot of sports. I remember there was a lot <laughs> of shitty straight to DVD sports that he played. Yeah, Airbud Nine, I think, is uh, has Airbud playing cricket now. <laughs> He actually they have him the in, guy. They have him in competitive video gaming. <laughs> yeah, League of Legends. <laughs> Airbud League of Legends. That's what he's playing here. All right, so let's move on to the meat and potatoes here. Now, uh, since this is episode 50, I thought we'd do a uh, kind of fun, fun episode here. Kind of a, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a big one. Um, have you heard of the gentleman called Nostradamus, Phil? Yeah, I've heard of him a few times. <laughs> so we're we're gonna start off with going through kind of his his life up until basically writes starts writing his prophecies or predictions or whatever you want to call them. Um, this man had quite an interesting life. I'll have to say that. Uh, how we don't spoil anything, but how much like uh, of his life are you familiar with? I know he lived in France, and he was trying to cure a plague, which is how he got into science. Okay, yes, yes, you are right. Um, well, why don't we just start off here? Um, Nostradamus was born, I'm going to try to pronounce this, I'm assuming in French, uh, <laughs> Michel de Nostradamus. Uh, I don't know if that's right or not, but... Uh, they estimate his date of birth is either December 14th or the 21st of 1503 in Saint-Rémy-de-Provence, France. Uh, so I don't know where they do you think they were only keeping track of birth dates by like week? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's kind of weird. He would have been born on the winter solstice then December 21st. Yeah, I pretty interesting. It it is definitely. I don't know. I don't know why. They, I mean, I can kind of guess why they don't have an exact day because it's fucking you know five hundred years old or whatever. But uh, 
but yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. It's uh, it, it's pretty interesting here. So, so uh, many babies died back then. Maybe they just didn't even keep track of live births. <laughs> that could be <laughs> pretty high infant mortality rate. Do you think he would have uh still been a prophet if instead of becoming a doctor, he became a uh, French chef? Probably not. Not unless he started seeing shit in the uh. What's a good French food? The flan that he was making. <laughs> Just <laughs> Dude, I, I I saw on this show, it was a, what was it? I think it was a Turkish psychic reading, I think, or something like that. But basically, this lady comes in, you drink this like coffee, espresso, mixture, whatever, and then you put your cup upside down, then she turns it over, and basically how the... The coffee soot sits in there. She reads your fortune. Uh, that was on Harry Potter. Oh, was that? Apparently, that's Kinda, a real yeah. thing. I I don't know. It's I'm just like I, I guess I I don't know. It's it's very weird. The weird teacher in Harry Potter with the big glasses and the fuzzy hair. She taught the kids how to read like the tea grounds at the bottom of their mug, and oh. yeah, that's part of the movie. Well, maybe that's where uh, J.K. Rowley got the idea from. Yeah, she could have. Anyway, uh, at the age of 14, uh, he went to the University of Avignon, Avignon or something like that, uh, to study medicine. Uh, he was forced to leave after a year because of uh, the outbreak of the plague, the Black Plague, uh, mm-hmm. which he would travel throughout France and Italy uh, treating plague victims. Uh, in 1522, he entered the University of Montpellier uh, to complete his doctrine in me- or doctorate in medicine. Now, uh, this is going to hit us close to home here, Phil. He was apparently kicked out of this Catholic school for studying astrology, which was frowned upon. Um, I kind of feel like astrology is still frowned upon with the Catholics. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um... You don't really ever hear about it, so it's probably just one of those things that they because they right now it's just kind of a fun thing that you know people read into. But back then, maybe they thought it was like witchcraft, <laughs> something like that. Uh, anything that wasn't the Catholic religion was probably yeah, the devil or witchcraft or God knows what else. Anything that they weren't cashing in on, basically, <laughs> kind of like today. You know what is awesome? I was watching Carrie. Uh, the the seventy six one, and mm-hmm. her mother was awesome. How she was just saying like, uh, it's the devil's dancing or something like <laughs> that's Satan's tricks and all this. It was just, it was awesome. Anyway, uh, in fifteen twenty five, it is believed he was about to he was about to have his medical license reinstated when he uh Latini- Latinized his name from. Nostra, Nostradam to Nostradamus. I don't, it doesn't really say why he did that. Maybe it sounds more official for a doctor. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, well, maybe he was just uh, trying to get away from his own name. Or I think Nostradam is kind of like the place he was from. Because you said day Nostradam. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, that that's probably a good point, actually. Um, I know some, you know, some cultures do that. I don't know old French people. Well, maybe they did. I don't know. I sh- 
Could have been like a Madonna or Cher or one of those situations <laughs> where they just try to get known by one name. It's more brandable. Mm. Well, you know, Cher and Madonna are modern uh, day prophets so, or psychics. So, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, after this, he continued to help uh, treat plague victims. Most doctors relied on potions made of mercury, the practice of bloodletting, and dressing patients in garlic-soaked robes. Uh, I can tell you what, a garlic-soaked robe would definitely kill Nicolas Cage, Vanna White, Pat Sajak, and Keanu Reeves, because they're all vampires. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> you don't even think about Vanna White, but she's been doing that show for like 40-some-odd she years now. She doesn't age. I don't know what she doesn't age. She doesn't age. That's true. Uh, Nostradamus had developed some very progressive me- uh, methods for dealing with the plague, uh, he didn't bleed his patients, instead practicing effective hygiene and encouraging the removal of infected corpses from city streets. Uh, he became known for creating a rose pill, a, er- a herbal lozenge made from rose chips, uh, which were rich in vitamin C that provided some relief for patients with mild cases of the plague. So he's kind of like using common sense to cure them instead of bleeding him to death or fucking giving him mercury. Yeah, I think he was an early proponent of not having actual funerals for the dead and just discarding and burning them. Because <laughs> people didn't realize that the dead bodies were still infectious after uh... the person had died. So they would hold these funerals for people. It was obviously open wheelbarrow, you know, funerals, because they weren't able to make that many caskets and people were still getting sick from the dead body. So... So is he responsible for all them uh, bones underneath Paris, you think? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of those old cities are built on top of bones. So If, you, if you've if uh, you ever watched the movie on Netflix, uh, As Above, So Below, and they're like crawling through those uh, graves underneath Paris with all the bones, it's pretty, pretty sweet, actually. I'd love to see that. Mm. I don't know if they let you see that stuff when you're there. I don't know. I bet you could probably take tours of like they have a bunch of uh, I remember in London, they had a bunch of night tours where they take you around to see the old sites. Um, I saw the Jack the Ripper tour. It wasn't the only one. Obviously, there was like 18 other ones in that little neighborhood (laughs) going on the same exact time as us. It's funny because they all like knew each other and were like saying hi and shit, but they I were have, all competing. I have a feeling Whitechapel uh, looks a little different than it did in 1888. It does, but there's still a lot of the same buildings. Really? Like, the one place where the one chick was found uh, in the doorway is still there. That doorway is still there. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and the backyard too, where the famous one was found, uh, cut up. She like That backyard's still there, hmm. the garden. I thought she was found inside a house. There's one where the there. He's I know outside. there was one that was found in the back garden. Hmm. Anyway, from that tour, yeah, uh, yeah. If anybody's been on that tour, let us know. Email us. Uh, anyway, uh, so like you said, Phil, uh, because of Nostradamus's more progressive thinking with curing the uh, plague, he started to gain a bit of celebrity because he probably was the only one actually accomplishing anything with the plague. Uh, In 1538, apparently, an offhanded remark about the church brought him up on charges of heresy. It just seems like he cannot get these goddamn Catholics off his back. Uh, Yeah, I think a lot of progressive thinkers at the time had that same problem. (laughs) Now, apparently, uh, the Inquisition was after him, but uh, 
he had fled before they could get him, and he traveled throughout Turkey, uh, Greece, and Italy, and apparently it was during this time that he had a psychic awakening, um, and it all began when he met a group of monks, and he told one monk in particular, you're going to be the next great pope. Allegedly, the monk he was referring to was Felice Peretti, uh, who became ordained Pope Sixtus V in 1585. So, apparently because he guessed this guy right, now he believes himself to be a prophet. Or a uh, psychic, or... I, I hate using the word prophet, but, like, what else would you call someone who sees prophecies or makes prophecies? Um, oof. Be a like prophet, a seer? Right? A seer, what? yeah, I suppose a seer. Oh. Call him Chris Angel, mind freak. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great if his only little things, it was actually just little tricks he would do. It just amazed people. Well, uh, I've got about 10 examples of predictions that people believe that he has said that are, have came true or whatever. And it's like the most cryptic writing ever. So I don't, I'll be interested to see how much of it you believe uh anyway. yeah. his uh his quatrains i don't i don't want to spoil it for the end but his quatrains are written in such a way that it could mean almost anything yeah he Just, and i'm sure something i've noticed too is the translation from latin to uh to english or whatever language who knows it could have been adapted incorrectly or whatnot you know what i mean so yeah. but, but we'll get to that we're almost through his little life here um so Like I said, after he apparently predicted the Pope, um, this is when he started to dive deeper into occult studies, and apparently he would begin to meditate, and when he was meditating is when he'd go into a trance-like state and uh, begin, begin to have his predictions of the future. So it was apparently in these meditative states that he was able to see in the future, apparently. Uh... In 1550, Nostradamus wrote his first uh, almanac of astrological information and predictions of the coming year. Uh, Almanacs were very popular at the time as they provided useful information for farmers and merchants and contained entertaining bits of local folklore and predictions of the coming year. Now, we still have these. The Farmer's Almanac, I don't know how many people still use them, but... I remember when my grandpa was still alive, he would read this and be like, okay, well, it's supposed to rain around this time next year. You know what I mean? So so he would plan his crops accordingly to yeah. whatever the almanac said. Yeah. yeah, I do remember seeing almanacs uh, when my grandpa was farming also. So I think ben- Benjamin Franklin like put out like the most famous one, if I remember, well, like the I- American almanac. I mean, we, we we understand now that the almanac is essentially following patterns of weather over a long period of time. Um, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe Nostradamus was smart enough to, I mean, obviously he was a very smart man, but uh, maybe he did something like that. You know, you, you never know. This is 500 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by 1554, Nostradamus's visions had become an integral part of his works in the almanacs, and he decided to channel all his energies into a massive opus he entitled Centuries. 
He planned to write 10 volumes, which would contain 100 predictions forecasting the next 2,000 years. Uh, in 1555, he published Les, Les Prophecies. <laughs> I don't even know how you say that in Latin, but uh, that's close enough. A collection of his major and long-term predictions. This is where, you know, his... Uh, I believe it's this book that contains all his quatrains. The kind of... Uh, what is that? Four sentence poems, almost with uh, that make the uh, predictions. Yeah, they're they're kind of like uh, not really riddles, but yeah, um, poems. I, I guess might be a good word for them. Yeah, it's it's always got to be four lines. I know that. Yeah. Um, why it has to be that I don't know, but anyway, um, he he basically made the book containing all of these, you know, for the next two thousand years. Uh, like I said, four line verses, and uh, he apparently published them in Greek, Italian, Latin, and Provincial, which was apparently a dialect of southern France. Um, I wonder if they still use that. Probably not. Yeah, I know there's, I think it's a school called Provence. Um, I don't know if that's the same area, but hmm. I've heard of that before. Who knows? Now... Yeah. Uh, apparently <laughs> French listeners, uh, email us and let us know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, as Nostradamus got older, uh, he suffered from gout, arthritis, and, uh, edema. Uh, do you know what edema is? Not quite. I wonder if he saw all this coming. I'm going to get to that in just a second here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, What's edema? so edema is like... The fluid in your body begins to pool in certain parts of your body. Like a lot of people get it in their arms or in their legs. Uh, he had it really bad in his legs. And what it does is when it the fluid builds out, it doesn't drain normally like it should. So mm. it'll just begin to swell and swell and swell. So like nowadays, you, you basically wear a compression wrap over it that forces the fluid out of that area or whatever. Yeah. So... Essentially, from the video I was watching, uh, when it got, you know, towards the end of his life, it got so bad that he basically had to to sleep. He couldn't lay in a bed. He had to sit in a chair and have his legs uh, up on like a bench. Basically, that's how he had to sleep, which sounds horrible. Uh, yeah. You'd think that his legs would have to be elevated over his heart just to get the fluid, like, back out. Well... It's the 1500s, but they probably didn't know that yet. Yeah, actually, leeches would have done him pretty good in that situation. But I don't think <laughs> it, I don't think it's blood. It's like I think it's like wa kind of like water, kind of. Huh. Yeah, that's weird. Like I, I, my one of my uh, relatives has it, and I feel like the lymph nodes in those areas don't filter the fluid like they should, so it just mm. pools there, kind of. So okay, that's weird. But anyway, allegedly, allegedly, supposedly, he predicted his how he was going to die. He said, basically, he's going to die and then he's going to fall and he's going to be found uh, dead in between the bench and his sleeping chair. And that's how they found him. Uh, and he died on July 2nd, 1566. So he, he was pretty old. I mean, he was, what, 62, I think? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're going to talk about it. He, um, 
there's a legend that he was wearing a medallion when he died. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, so one of the legends is that Nostradamus, when he was when he died, he was buried with this medallion, and grave robbers actually opened up his tomb. And when they opened up his tomb, they saw him on the, the medallion, and in Roman numerals, it was the date and year that he was going to have his uh, grave robbed. And apparently it freaked him out. Really? His grave robbers. Yeah, that's one of the legends that I, Nostradamus has about him. I I didn't see that. Honestly, what I realized from like researching this is the stuff that people believe he predicted correctly that has came true uh, is is pretty easy to find. You know, there's about eight or nine of them that are uh, kind of the big ones. And then anything for like the future or stuff like that seems, I swear to God, seem to be fucking almost impossible to find without watching 18 hours of the History Channel's uh, Nostradamus Decoded or whatever that shit was. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, uh, I think, about a decade ago. The History Channel was all like Nazis, Nostradamus, and aliens. Now it's all ancient aliens. I, w- I was but... going to say uh, around 2012, when they, yeah. the end of the world shit, he was all over that. But uh, And I was just thinking, like, damn, that almost was 10 years ago now. Yep, that shit was running 24-7 on the History Channel. In that Nostradamus. And that god-awful fucking John Cusack movie, 2012. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Woody Harrelson. What are you Harrelson. talking about? That was a great documentary. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> that's uh, We'll have to do that episode one day. Apparently, there's people who believe the world actually did end on that day, and we're, like, in purgatory or something right now. It seems like fucking hell. <laughs> like an episode of The Good Place. We're all just getting fucked with on a daily basis. <laughs> is that a good show? Uh, yeah, it is. I uh, So I I think there's one more season uh, that I haven't watched yet. I've been watching it on Netflix. I just restarted it. So I've heard it. I've, I've heard it's all right. Yeah, uh, I watched the first season. And then once I watched the first season, I didn't think they would ever be able to make it out of that season. But I skipped the second season and watched the third season, so I decided to go back and watch the whole thing. Uh, It was pretty all right. When you said The Good Place, instantly I kept thinking of that really sad show that's on like NBC or ABC with uh, the guy who plays Peter Petrelli from Heroes in it. Oh, that's – yeah, I know that show. The one where uh, the the dad died and – they go back and forth through time, like three generations or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't that The Good Place? I don't know. No, that's that's not the good place. That doesn't matter. All right, so let's move on to the whole reason we're here, his little prophecies. Let's see if they make any sense to either you or the audience. Now, we're going to start off with, uh, I don't know if I should read what it is or if I should read the quatrain first. Let's let's read the quatrain, then we'll discuss it, then we'll figure it out. Okay, so this goes... The young lion will overcome the older one on the field of combat in single battle. He will pierce his eyes through a golden cage, two wounds made one, then he dies a cruel death. Okay, what do you think this is? You've probably heard all these before. Um, I have heard this one before, I think. Um, ooh, I've actually heard it for a couple of different eras, um... God, I don't know. What do you think it is? Well, I mean, I I know what they <laughs> you know think what it, it is. is. 
<laughs> I think I think that this might be the one where he predicted a uh, there was a prince who actually um, was in a jousting competition and he died. Well, they they say this is the death of King Henry the Second. Um, let me read you the little thing here. Uh, King Henry II of France lined up to joust the, I think it's his Count de Monte, Mon, Montgomery. Uh, they both apparently had lion crests on their shield. On their final pass, Montgomery's lance pierced and then splintered right through King Henry's, uh, King Henry II's visor, causing the two wounds, which were one piece through his eye and the other piece through his temple, uh, King Henry laid in bed for 10 days before finally succumbing to his injury. So basically, they're saying that the they're both lions uh, because of the crest on their shield. Uh, the Count was younger than King Henry II. Um, they were on the field of battle. Uh, he pierced the lance piercing his eye through the golden cage. The golden cage is like his helmet. His helmet, yeah. Yeah, and the two wounds, because he splintered and cut him twice, and then obviously laying in bed for t- 10 days, d- slowly dying, I would say, is a cruel death. Yeah, definitely. So back then, when they would do the jousting competitions, they would use, they wouldn't use like pointy spears. They would use blunted spears or spears with like something decorating the front of it kind of like a fist or something like that yeah and when like the pressure of it must have broken it and that's the spears that went through his head Mm. god right through the eye though fuck that would hurt oh yeah especially back then they didn't have anything for pain anything you know they had no idea how to treat that wound well have you seen seen the uh heath ledger documentary a knight's tale yes i have (laughs) I don't remember. Does it splinter or he, he has like a shard inside of his little fist thing? So the little fist thing, actually, I think it breaks apart and it is pointed once it breaks apart. But I thought the guy was cheating and he like he stuck sharp stuff inside of it. Yeah, I think that is how he cheated. Anyway, so uh, it, it's actually not a oh. bad do- documentary. I'd watch it. All right. Let me read the second one. The blood of the just will commit a fault at London. Burnt through lightning of 23's the 6. What the hell? The ancient lady will fall from her high place. Several of the same sect will be killed. Where? What do you think this one is? Ooh, that one's gotta be something about maybe Princess Diana? Or, um, no, she died in France. Uh, I don't know. Elizabeth? No, this is apparently... Uh, the Great Fire of London, uh, a small oh. fire that began in a bakery on September 2nd, 1666, very evil, uh, turned into a three-day blaze that consumed the city. According to some, the blood refers to the millions of rats that would have been killed. I don't know why he'd be predicting rats, but... Uh, Apparently, I'm pretty sure the rats would be the only one who survived that. <laughs> They're pretty good at getting the fuck out of places. Can you imagine a little bakery burning a whole city down? Jesus. Yeah, back then I can imagine it. <laughs> fucking probably everything made out of wood. The fire departments aren't exactly the uh, 
what we expect today. So, oh god, I've learned an important lesson that if you listen to like say 1800s or sometimes even early 1900s America, they'll be like, yeah, there used to be a town here and it just went up in flames because everything was wood. And they thought it was smart to just have kerosene lanterns running constantly, so not a great combo. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I know that in New York City, the fire departments acted more like gangs back in the like late 1700s, early 1800s. Oh, yeah. Or what you had to have was you had to actually have like a, a stamp in your window that would say that you've, you're paid up and the fire department can put out your house. By putting out your house, what they would do is they would go in and steal all your shit so that, like, the next house wouldn't start on fire. <laughs> and if your house was already too far gone, they would just run into the the house next to it and steal all their shit. <laughs> and, like, hopefully it just doesn't burn the whole fucking neighborhood down. They would also splash some water on it, but, you know. You know what? Let's bring back these ambitious firemen that we had back in the day. That's what oh, we definitely. need, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. From the enslaved populace, songs, chants, and demands, while princes and lords are held, held captive in prisons, these will in the future be headless idiots, be received as divine prayers. What do you think this is, Phil? Ooh, this could either be the boy band revolution of the late 90s <laughs> or uh, YouTube singers of uh, the current day. I think it's actually Spice Girls. Uh, I've heard they do live beheadings on stage, and that's kind of why they had to quit touring. But uh, but I I don't know. I think that's why the Dixie Chicks went away. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so those are your two guesses? Yep. Okay. Obviously, they're not my actual guesses, but (laughs) yeah, let's go for it. Uh, This is apparently the French Revolution. Uh, Okay. Now, the French Revolution began in 1789. They believe from the enslaved populace songs, chants, and demands refers to the uprising of the peasants who would eventually take control of Paris. The second and third lines refer to the capturing of the aristocracy and eventual beheading of all of them via guillotine. So, I mean... Kind of makes sense, kind of, right? If you, like, squint at it hard enough, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, some of the things fit together. Um, there was a movie that came out um, made after the play, the Les Miserables, Les, Mis, Les Miserables, or whatever it's called. And I know that the uh, the poor people who were fighting against the rich people were, like, singing a lot in that. So maybe it was predicting the... Horrible movie. You mean the documentary, uh, Les Mis? The great documentary, yeah. (laughs) I know a few people who are borderline obsessed with that, so expect some hate mail, Phil. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, if you're going to be in a revolution, you might as well sing while you're at it, right? Did the Russians do that, too? I don't know if the Russians, they probably just drank a lot of vodka (laughs) when they were, (laughs) during their little revolution. But, That's what they call singing in Russia. It just includes taking, drinking a lot of vodka and eating borscht. Passing out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the sounds of your vomiting is the uh, the song. <laughs> All right, our next one here. Now, this is, this is actually going to be two of them who apparently describes the same thing. Okay. 
From the depths of the west of Europe, a young child will be born of poor people. He who by his tongue will seduce the great troop. His fame will increase towards the realm of the east. Second one. Beasts ferocious with hunger will cross the rivers. The great part of the battlefield will be against Hister. Into a cage of iron will the great one be drawn. When the child of Germany observes nothing... So, uh, what what do you think this is? It's got to be about the Beatles. <laughs> you think Definitely. so? Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or Hitler, World War II. But. <laughs> uh, well, I th- I, I, it's Hitler technically, but I think it actually is more of the Beatles because yeah. they, they, their, their tongue seduced a great troop and a great, oh, yeah. a great uh, bunch of young ladies as well. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, I have, I've heard that one before. It was uh, obviously the hister and the, you know, seducing children of Germany, all that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, let me read you their little quote unquote synopsis here. Um, now, Hitler was born on April 20th, 420, bro, uh, 1889. <laughs> uh, apparently, his parents weren't poor. They were actually middle class. Uh, I assume that's true, correct? Yeah, he, I mean, they weren't, they were pretty middle class in a time when middle class didn't really exist, but yeah. Yeah. They were middle class. I mean, basically, as long as they weren't like dirt poor or whatever. Yeah, like you said, uh, him seducing a great, great troop refers to him gaining power after World War I. Uh, His fame will increase towards the realm of the East, refers to him involved or becoming allies with Japan. Beast ferocious with hunger will cross the rivers refers to apparently the invasion of France. Uh, according to some, the greater part of the battlefield will be against Hister refers to the Allied forces joining together to defeat Hitler. Uh, some claim that Hister is uh, simply just a misspelling uh, and he meant to put Hitler, but I actually looked it up uh, or actually it noted this that Hister is a Latin word meaning uh, Danube, and when I was the trying Danube to river, yeah, 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 exactly. I I didn't know what that was. I I looked it up, and that was kind of what is it? The second largest river in Germany, or something like that. Yeah, it's the river that basically runs through like mainland Europe, and it separates what's known as like France and what's known as Germany. So, mm. so I guess that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. Well, most people see Hister, and, like, I remember it because a lot of people, they, well, what did the History Channel say? A lot of people see Hister, and they automatically think Hitler. Hitler, yeah. Um, But the other one is actually pretty cool, too, about the Danube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost makes more sense. I wonder what the the first largest river is, then. I don't know. (laughs) I shouldn't have looked looked that up. Yeah. All right, our next one here. Near the gates and within two cities, there will be scourges, the like of which was never seen. Famine within plague, people put out by steel, crying to the great immortal god for relief. What do you think this is, Phil? Ooh, I don't know. Um, Could have been like a food poisoning at an olive garden. (laughs) I believe. All you can eat soup and salad? It might have predicted the uh, Chipotle famine that went around. <laughs> Actually, do you think 
So is that your conspiracy theory that the Olive Garden is actually responsible for the coronavirus? No, not the coronavirus, <laughs> just food poisoning in general. But yeah, could be uh, Chipotle also. That was a pretty big deal, I think, a year or two ago. So was what, uh, their lettuce. What I'm seeing here, Phil, is that uh, you believe Nostradamus was very hip on like uh, modern <laughs> uh, day music and uh, eateries. Yeah, I think he was just uh, a bit of a shill for pop culture. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, look, you put a flannel shirt on him and put him in a brewery, you wouldn't even know he was a fucking psychic. Oh, yeah. He'd just, just be uh, another hipster. Drop a, fo- drop a few Manchu on his face. <laughs> be put a few shitty right tattoos in. on him. He's a hipster like everybody else. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, this this is apparently the uh, dropping of the atomic bombs. Um Near the gate and within the two cities refers to the atomic bomb being dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, crying of the great immortal god for relief refers to all of those who died and got severely ill from radiation poisoning. Um, I, I, does that make sense? I mean famine within plague. That doesn't... I mean, I guess that could be radiation poisoning or whatever, but uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, um, could be. I mean, sounds good. It said two cities, right? Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, sounds good to me. I have a feeling this next next one you probably will struggle to get, but uh, because I really don't even know that much about it. Um, anyway, the lost thing is discovered, hidden for many centuries. Pastor will be celebrated almost as a godlike figure. This is when the moon completes her great cycle. But by others, other rumors, he shall be dishonored. Uh, what do you think this is here, Phil? That was probably Vince McMahon taking <laughs> over the pro wrestling world. <laughs> I have no idea. Bringing back the XFL. Hey, he is the godlike <laughs> creature, and uh, he does complete his cycle during the moon cycle. So there's that. Is that. True. Uh, apparently, they think this is a man named Louis Pasteur. Pasteur, one of the two. Um, so Louis Pasteur is credited with discovering uh, antibiotics. Well, it says micro- microbial decay. Um, I don't know if that is he the one who he discovered antibiotics or did he discover well, uh, what's needed to make antibiotics? Yeah, it's um, pretty much that. It's like pasteurization. The uh, mm. but Louis Pasteur. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the one who came up with, um, like, creating mold to fight against bacteria. Gotcha. And it was, uh, he made, like, huge strides in medicine. So, well, but now now we over-medicate people with it, but. <laughs> All right, let's not get into that conspiracy theory yeah. yet. <laughs> Save that one for another day. <laughs> well, anyway, why they think this is him is because, because uh, it says pastor, they think that's his name. Um he celebrated almost like a godlike figure, which if he's uh he did all that, then yes, he certainly is. And the uh microbial decay is something that uh has been hidden for centuries but is has always existed. Kinda makes sense, I guess, right? Because it's always yeah. there, we just didn't know it was there. So mm-hmm. there's that. And then what was the last part of that? About the moon cycle? Did it say anything no, that about was the, that oh wait. Yeah, this is when the moon completes her great cycle. 
but by other rumors, he shall be dishonored. I don't know. See, that's the thing with these. You just pick out the sections that fit what you're trying to say and ignore the rest of it. Yeah, that's kind of like uh, it's kind. It's just how a lot of conspiracy theory goes. Yeah, it's just. But, yeah, <clears throat> I guess I don't know. All right, could be. It could be because maybe like what I was talking about with antibiotic overuse and antibiotics actually becoming a bad thing because it makes uh, bacteria stronger. Could be that shit. No. Now, I actually talked to a doctor friend of mine about this, and according to her, the 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 only way that it becomes more powerful is if, okay, let's say you're sick, right? You mm-hmm. get a prescription for an antibiotic for to take for 10 days, right? Yeah. You take them, and after three days, you feel fine, and then you stop, Okay. She said it's within that period of not taking it for the full 10 days and stopping early is when it's not fully killed off. And then it can come, then it can mutate. According to her, that's what a she likely said. story. <laughs> well, I mean, she did go to like 15 years of medical school, but <laughs> should have went for 15 more. <laughs> they're all, they're all shills. <laughs> Anyway, that's what she said. Telling Take- the company line. No, I'm sure she's a great doctor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of made sense <laughs> to me in my head, but uh, but yeah, you're probably yeah. right. All right, now you better get this next one, Phil. The great man will be struck down in the day by a thunderbolt, an evil deed foretold by the bearer of a petition. According to the prediction, another falls at nighttime. Conflict at rhymes long and a pestilence in Tuscany. Now, which, what is this, Phil? That is, of course, also talking about pro wrestling when the <laughs> Undertaker strikes his foe down with a thunderbolt, and Paul Barrow is right there with the urn. So it's got to be that. Maybe it happened at nighttime in Italy. Hey, does does is there a wrestler with a move called thunderbolt or like something with electricity? No, he, uh, one of his things was they actually superimposed like a thunderbolt on the st- screen. And there was one time when they had like an electrical cable and they made a thunderbolt with it or something like that. But That's that was one of his cool. little tricks. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was like, it was the pyro. What's, what's um, the Undertaker's real name? It is, um, damn it. Mark <laughs> Calloway. Yeah, Mark, Mark Calloway. Calloway. Is he still wrestling or is he retired finally? No, they're gonna they're gonna wheel his old ass out for one more match at a WrestleMania this year. So hopefully they don't they don't like what would what did he have what like a, a thirty year he hadn't lost that goddamn WrestleMania or something they just threw it away. Yeah, they tossed it away on uh one other guy, but yeah, he's been wrestling. God, it is it's thirty years now. So I think he started in the nineties. I think I think uh, one thing that made him successful was he kind of avoided doing uh, a shitload of drugs and killing himself early, right? Yeah. Well, apparently he loved to drink. Like, he drank a lot. But what really helped him was not doing a shit ton of jobs. That's uh, that's what really saved his career. It's true. But I shouldn't call his old, call him an old ass because he could probably fucking outdo me in every single fucking aerobic activity. So, But I'm, I'm telling you, man, if you... If you listen to like uh, the podcast Crime and Sports, when they cover wrestlers, it's like the saddest thing, man. They just just yeah. drugs and steroids and just 
never taking care of themselves. It's just, it's insane. Anything to keep them on the road for just a few more fucking weeks. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Getting uh, that shit pumped into them. Okay, do you have a serious guess? Um, oof, no. Tuscany? Uh, Thunderbolts? No, no, I don't. Okay, so this is apparently the assassination of JFK and RFK. He's, he, he must be a Republican voter, Nostradamus. Um, <laughs> now, well, actually, it makes sense because he hates Catholics, and he'd want both of these men dead, right? That's true. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So, an evil deed foretold by the bearer of the petition refers to the numerous death threats that JFK received before his assassination. The great man will be struck down in the day by a thunderbolt, refers to JFK's head exploding on November 22nd, uh, 1963. Uh, another falls at nighttime could refer to RFK being killed just after midnight on June 5th, 1968. What say you, Phil? Well, I did hear on the History Channel they were talking about Nostradamus and some of the other like early prophecy, like, prophesizers whatever you want to call them they would have to basically figure out like modern technology in a way that they could understand so i could see how he would think that like a gunshot would be a thunderbolt like that yeah I, so i mean that even as like a, an allegory or whatever whatever you call it it's like that's a perfect way to describe a gunshot when you don't know what it is you know yeah, so because it's just something comes in real fast and kills you, then you hear the sound. Yeah, so, so yeah, I I don't know. By the way, I don't know if you've been listening to it, but man, uh, last podcast on the left's coverage of the assassination of JFK, fucking oh, amazing, good. so good. Yeah, I uh, I actually don't work on Friday, so I had to save it for myself all weekend and listen to it on Monday. Uh, so so good, God, it's good. Yeah, it was good though. But uh, anyway, let's move on to the next one. Let's see if you can nail this one. You're about one for, what, nine now? So you're, <laughs> yeah. you're on the right track. I'm, co I'm coming, coming for 20%. Let's go. <laughs> okay, which wrestler is this? Earth-shaking <laughs> earth fire from the center of the earth will cause tremors around the new city. Two great rocks will war for a long time. Then... Arthusia will ridden a new river. Uh, what do you think this is? Uh, it's probably 9-11. Yeah, yes, you're, you're, you are correct there. Obviously, uh, uh, the new city is, uh, New, new York. York City. Uh, I, th now the two great rocks, I don't know if that means twin towers or could it mean two countries? Or uh, because it says will good. will war for a long time. Yeah, I mean, kind of like they were fighting to stay up. Yeah. So yeah, that's I kind of what I thought. I I don't know. There it also could mean the planes that came in. Yeah, that's a good point. Now there, I didn't write it down, but there was like another one I was reading something about steel birds and all this shit. They think mm. it was nine eleven, but it was a little more. Uh, you know, subjective than that one. So I, don't I know. do think that there was a fake quad train that was created and disseminated on the internet after nine 11. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I'm not sure exactly which one it was. It was about like the giant brothers or something like that, the twin giants, and it was too obvious though. It was. It might have been that one because it's something about steel birds and all this shit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now we're gonna move on to the the future section. Okay. Now I want you to tell me what this of well I guess these are too obvious. Um, <laughs> so the this guy has apparently two for World War Three. Um, that is is supposedly supposed to happen in the future. Um, so it starts off in the city of God. There will be a great thunder. Two brothers torn apart by chaos while the fortress endures. The great leader will succumb. The third big war will begin when the city, big city, is burning. Uh, maybe, is that the one you heard, or is that uh, a different one? Uh, that might be the one I heard, um, or the one I was thinking about, but... Well, okay, let me read the other World War Three one, apparently. Okay. Twice put up and twice cast down... The East will also weaken the West. Its adversary, after several battles chased by sea, will fail at time of need. First in Gaul, first in Romania, over land and sea against the English and Paris. Marvelous deeds by the great troop, violent. The wild beasts will lose Lorraine. Apparently that's the other world, Great World War, or World War Three, I guess. Russia invading the, the West? I... They kept talking about, he says it's going to last for 27 years, the war or whatever. I don't, I don't know where they found this. Hmm. But, I mean, it's very cryptic, right? So. Yeah, it's it's really cryptic. Um, I don't know if I've heard those ones. No, I don't. Apparently, apparently those are uh, the World War Three predictions or what they think they are. Now. Yeah. Let me read this one. This one's my favorite. Um, after uh, this, this happens apparently after World War Three. The Antichrist very soon annihilates the three. Twenty-seven years, his war will last. Oh, I guess there's the war one. The unbelievers are dead, captive, exiled, with blood, human bodies, water, and red hail covering the earth. So apparently, after World War Three, the Antichrist is going to rise up and take over everything. Obviously talking about Mitt Romney. (laughs) Him and his magic underwear rising up and killing everybody. Yeah, definitely. And his very anti-Hispanic comments that he's going to make on there here. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty, (laughs) it's pretty interesting one. I know that there's supposed to be like a big battle in uh, Megiddo um, for the Antichrist rising up. Is he, um, is he, is this, do you think Nostradamus goes along with, like, the Antichrist is going to be riding his pale horse and shit? Oh, like the Bible prophecy? Yeah. I think, I think they, uh, the big theory is that the Antichrist is going to be, like, everyone's going to think that he's Christ. But really, like, all of the, only, like, the true believers will be able to see that, like, he's full of shit. And then, like, the real Jesus will come back and... You know, so, save the day. Open so, his mouth and basically, like, crush the enemy. So, it's like everybody knows Barack Obama, but you and I and Subliminal Deception fans know Barry Satiro. That's true. like that. So, we know that's not really who the Christ is. We know the Antichrist <laughs> is Barry Satiro, the time-traveling reptilian. 
It's going to be me, you, and just over a thousand people fighting against uh, like 7.8 billion. We're going to yeah. get them, damn it. <laughs> We're going to get them. I'm going to bring a slingshot. Don't worry. <laughs> now, apparently, uh, this this next one was supposed to happen because in his book, he gives like time frames of when his quatrains are supposed to occur, occur. And this next one is supposed to have happened, but it hasn't yet. Um, the sloping park, great calamity through the lands of the West and Lombardy, the fire in the ship, plague and captivity, Mercury and Sagittarius, Saturn fading. Uh, what do you think that means? Well, he did mention Lombardy, so it has to be something with football. <laughs> I don't know. This is when, <laughs> or, or it could mean the Packers. <laughs> I was going to say this is when uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't win his second Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, the Earth just cracks apart. Could have been when Brett Favre fucking went to the Vikings. Hey, <laughs> you know what? I believe it. Uh, yeah. The entire world underneath Wisconsin just destroyed, <laughs> disintegrated. My uh, my favorite was it was a few years ago. I was listening to a local sports uh, radio and. They're reading a letter from uh, the game or after Aaron Rodgers got hurt or something like that. And it basically said that Lombard or Lambeau Field has God's protection over it, right? And Mm -hmm. when Aaron got hurt, he had lost God's protection because he was being tricked by a succubus woman, which was Olivia Mung at the time, or Olivia Mung. Of course. She was. She was actually an agent of Satan, and she was tainting Aaron Rodgers. And then, because that he didn't have God's protection anymore. Yeah, of but, course, I can totally see it. <laughs> it's the same thing happened in Dallas with uh, that one Romo? quarterback, Tony, Tony Romo, Romo. Of course, yeah. yeah. He would have been a great quarterback, but he kept on getting his uh, his greatness sucked out of him by <laughs> all of those pop stars. That's what happens. Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Jessica Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh this this quatrain's allegedly supposed to be a uh, great earthquake. Like uh, people think this is going to be like the uh California breaking off or whatever. I don't I don't know. They really they really hang on to like California going into the uh the ocean. I blame John Carpenter on, honestly because of uh the battle escape for from LA. escape from LA. Yep. Yeah. So I blame Great him documentary. for this. <laughs> Even though he's an amazing director. God damn it, John. Why'd yeah. you put that in everybody's head? Um, okay, my very, very, very last one. Now, Nostradamus had a date that people believe that the Earth was going to end completely. Like, everybody's gone. Everybody's dead. Everything. Now, he... He the date he set was thirty seven ninety seven. So you and I will be probably someone in someone's gas tank by then. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'd hope I, they don't still have fucking fossil fuel motors in thirty seven ninety seven. But the, he claims that the sun's gonna erupt. Kind of, it's gonna consume Earth. It's gonna stretch that far, but Mars will still be okay. So Mars is going to still be orbiting, but don't fret because humans will have already begun to colonize other planets um, because in his little quatrain, he mentions Cancer and Aquarius 
which is where he thinks humans are going to be living in those solar systems. So, oh. I guess well. it's going to be like aliens or whatever. So, but some people hmm. think that just they think that he this doesn't necessarily mean the end of the human race or whatever because they think he just died before he could complete his predictions past 3797 because that's where the book ends. So you can take that either way you want. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, I was going to say you were thinking that uh, the human race was going to be still using gas guzzling vehicles. Yeah, I was thinking the human race would probably fighting each other with sticks and stones in 3797. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's I like I I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I think that all of human history is just a uh, a big like a like a wavelength, and it just goes up and down, up and down. I think yeah. we're on our way down right now, but you maybe know we'll go up in the future. But I coming just, back down I after just that. thought of something, Phil. What if on when the Antichrist rides on his horse, right? He's mm-hmm. he's got everybody convinced, and then the real savior, Elron Hubbard comes back from the grave, defeats the Antichrist. What if that was the prophecy? Defeats the real Jesus? <laughs> if yes. Elon Hubbard comes back and fights the real Jesus? There's just a giant a giant ship that comes flying out of there with Captain Elron Hubbard on there. He's ready Elron to- Hubbard, all of his uh, fucking uh, sci-fi books <laughs> were just foretelling his resurrected powers. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> interesting all right anyway so that's the end phil what do you give me give me your how what do you feel about nostradamus do you think he could see into the future do you think he was full of shit do you think he was just kind of tricking people do you think what what do you think about him i mean the best charlatans really let you kind of think of this shit for yourself so you notice that like he of course died before any of his predictions you know could really Becoming true, with the exception of the, I think the King Henry one. Um, but I would say it's mostly just people because you you can't really foretell what it's what time it's going to be, like when it's going to be, what's really going to happen until you see it from the future, looking back. So right. maybe maybe he really did believe that all of this shit was going to happen, but it's kind of like uh, I don't know, kind of like a psychic trying to tell you shit. They don't really tell you what's going to happen. They tell you kind of what you're most afraid of. And then you're looking for it. Like I always say, you always find what you're looking for. So if you are looking for it, you're going to look back in history, you know, hundreds of years of history and be like, Oh, there it is right there. Right. Like like you were saying, you have to only pick out of these quatrains, what you really want to be there. And then the rest, you kind of just throw away. You know what it reminds me of? Old uh, Ronald Pegg in his Sears stone on the Windows 95 uh, fucking CD-ROM. Oh, yeah, definitely. He kind of just picks out what he wants or whatever. Um, And then the rest of human history is just kind of discarded. Like, ugh, uh, that doesn't really work. I mean, maybe maybe Nostradamus was a seer or whatever, but I was kind of thinking about it. What if... Okay, he didn't have the plague, but what if, like, either his medicines, he was experimenting on himself, or, like, he got some weird disease from being around all these people that kind of deteriorated his brain, or, like, had something where he thought he was seeing visions in the future, you know what I'm saying? Just, like, yeah, anything what that... Year, 
What? What year did you say he died? Uh, 1566. He could have gotten... What was that one disease? Um, the one that affects your brain. It's well, sexually thinking, transmitted. Yeah, I was thinking of syphilis. Syphilis. Syphilis had been... I think it had been brought back from the New World by then. You know, he could have had it. I mean, very easily. It's like... Mental deterioration. Yeah. that's. It's funny because that's kind of what I was thinking. But obviously, mm-hmm. I don't... It, it's impossible to know because it was so long... I mean... Regardless if you think he can actually tell a future or not, like he had a very interesting life. You can't, you like, you can't take that away from him because, and he did a lot of good stuff for humanity. You know, you can't take any of that away from him. But, uh, but yeah. It, well, I mean, definitely he gives people hope too. Like they yeah. think they can actually foresee things. Then you know. I mean, let's say not the predictions, but just the almanac thing. Like, even if he was simply following patterns from previous years to predict the future like we do now, like, that's very ahead of its time, but it still mm. helps people. You could also say that he was possibly just reading into history and making predictions because history repeats itself. Yeah, that's... So, that's, he could have just been looking at old stories and then putting them into future context. See, that that was a, a thing that... I kept hearing when you hear like people who aren't like hardcore Nostradamus people, just like scientists who study him or whatever, that that's what they were thinking that history, even though we don't want to admit it, it always repeats itself. Yeah. I would wonder if you could take his quatrains and actually put them back to like Alexandria, like Alexander or Caesar or ancient Greece or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm ancient sure anatolia could. that kind of area yeah I, i'm i'm sure you could but uh yeah but anyway phil if uh if anyone wants to give us their opinion on mr nostradamus where can they do that they can hit us up on subliminal d podcast at gmail.com um gotten not quite as many emails last week as we did in the past couple weeks but uh people have been talking to us which is great uh also hit us up on instagram at Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, we again talked into a few people on there, so thank you very much. Um, Cody and I both have our own personal Instagrams. Mine's SDPodPhil. Cody, you have a couple? Yeah, follow my personal uh, Instagram at Cody Zabub. Uh, just send me a message if you'd like. Or you can follow my other podcasts, uh, Bubba Podcast, if you're into true crime, paranormal, and all that. Uh, the last thing we need you to do is to log on to iTunes, leave the show a five-star review, write whatever you want, doesn't matter. If if you are on Spotify, please hit that follow button so you can always be updated when we drop a new episode. Uh, otherwise, I hope you guys all enjoyed having a little fun with the old Frenchman, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.